it is time to do it. It is time to podcast. For if, for if we were not to podcast, who would? Who would? So many, so many, so many damn books. Hi, I'm Christopher. Welcome to So Many Damn Books, a blessing, a curse, a podcast, and joining me in the Zoom damn library hyperspace is the one, the only, Drew Broussard. Hi, buddy. Hi. So glad that you had a time in your busy schedule to hang out with me again. Hell yeah, man. I was so, it was like, talk about everything is bad. This, not bad. (laughs) This, very good. Yeah, this is nice. It's nice to have you back. How does it feel to be back? Nice. I, uh, this morning I was like, oh man, I wish I had published something. <laughs> in the, you know what I mean? In the last six months. Well, you're uh, about to publish. I mean, people call people. That's say true. It's posting or whatever. But uh, what I mean, I think you can call posting episodes of a podcast publishing. We certainly have. But uh, let's uh, let's let's start with the stuff that we usually start with. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, Drew Bassard, you are the host of Voyage into Genre. You are a writer, a producer, and you currently live in the green valleys of, of the Hudson. Is that right? The wild wildernesses, yes. And now you're here with me. Couldn't stay away. Couldn't keep you away. <laughs> I just can't quit you. I um I'm so excited about this drink that I made. Um, I'm calling it summer coffee. Nice. And so it's espresso, seltzer, and turbinado syrup with a little Ooh. bit of a squeeze of lemon, and then topped with brown sugar cold foam. Ooh. Yeah. I I, I um I was hanging out on eBay as one does. Sure. This last uh this last winter and found one of those cool Nespresso Arochino machines Neat. for like a tenth of the price it usually is. <laughs> and, uh, and it makes cold foam. And I'm using oat wow. milk. And huh. it's amazing how nice and fun it is. And so I just put all that together. It's a summer coffee. It's bright. It's going to get me through this episode. Man, I got really excited because I did... I. I made a coffee-based drink. Okay. But it's not as exciting as yours, unsurprisingly, because you have things like a fucking cold foam machine. Um, <laughs> it makes hot foam, too. It's not, <laughs> not single foam. Yeah, okay, fair. The, uh, the bookstore that's not the bookstore that I work at, the one in Kingston, Rough Draft, they're a bar and books, and they started doing this thing that they call the Tonicals of Narnia, <laughs> which is just... <laughs> That you can tell me. that got I I wasn't expecting that. It's good. They they do a lot of the like Bob's Burgers style absolutely absurd names for their monthly cocktails. You can also tell who the locals are versus the tourists because tourists are like, "Could I have a tonicals of Narnia?" and the locals are all like, "Can I can I have a tonicals?" But it's basically just tonic water with a, a shot of espresso poured over the top of it. Beautiful. Um, yeah, you can do you can zhuzh it up with some citrus if you'd like i've started making it at home and surprisingly refreshing you know you would yeah. ne- i would never think of it 
I remember is. discovering um, Manhattan Special, which is an espresso soda, mm-hmm. absolutely delicious. And I used to be really obsessed with it. I don't know. It's so sugary. It's. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's very good for you. And studies <laughs> have been done on how good it is for me. And I, I should have continued. Yeah. Everything went wrong when I stopped drinking Manhattan Special. <laughs> That's the moment in the timeline that we have to go back to. We have to go back. You know what happens next, right? You remember. I do. I as do. the former co-host of this show. Shaking off the rust. Uh, it's it's what you buy. Do you want to talk about what you bought? I actually just yesterday bought something on your recommendation that admittedly I've been sitting on the recommendation for a minute because I was waiting to build up some store credit at work. Um, but I picked up finally John Wyndham's The Day of the Triffids. Oh. from those beautiful new modern library editions. Two more came out, which is also why I was reminded. And so I started reading it this morning. Um, and I am already loving it, as I, you knew that I would. And I suppose I also knew that I would, but um, it was nice to finally grab it. It's great because it sort of faints in one direction, and then it's like, nah, nah, I'm doing something else than, mm-hmm. what, than what you thought. <laughs> which is sort of crazy because it's such a building block of the genre of yeah the the apocalypse has happened and now what are we going to do you know it really does feel like it's going to be one thing and then it zigs into a completely different direction yeah i'm liking how much the prose reminds me of bradbury too obviously yeah. like bradbury very american wyndham very english but they have a similar tactile quality nice what about you well i i've picked up recently a couple different visions of the future Uh, so i got on your recommendation actually um 40 by alan heathcock Mm -hmm. um which i think is coming out quite soon if it isn't already um and it's about it's in the midst of a future civil war there's a child born with wings and so the one of the, the factions decides to use her as the figurehead of a revolution and that sounds absolutely insane yeah and it's an abs it's a crazy cover it's it's gorgeous um very cool cover design and so that's one vision of the future and the other one is this book called everything for everyone an oral history of the new york commune 2052 to 2072 whoa so it's what it sounds like it's told by the people who started this revolution in 2052 um, and how they forged this radically new social order. And it's put out by this um, small press called Common Notions, and it's written by M.E. O'Brien and Eamon Abdelhadi is my guess on the name. And I am really excited about this. I love books that are told in a false oral history. Yeah, you know, that like sounds da- awesome too. Daisy Jones and the Six and like mm-hmm. all that, you know, like, and telling the story about like collective action. Um, yeah. In this way, would, it seems like it's going to be really, really cool. Plus, who among us has not been like, maybe we should start a commune sometime in the next 20 to 30 years? You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. And there, the, there is a rich history of New York in particular in your neck of the woods. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Communes. Um, 
everyone uh, there are still people wandering around up here who missed the comet you know what i mean <laughs> there's a i'm sure there's a wikipedia list out there that can <laughs> can read as a what not to do yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you're ah so they did this great we won't do that yeah, we, we could honestly we could do it you know what i mean we have the knowledge we have the technology i think i i really do love uh commune literature i'm just realizing with arcadia by lauren groff it's probably mm -hmm. my favorite of hers and uh perfect little world by kevin wilson yep another great commune novel it's also it's that thing about um the fine line between a commune and a cult and sort of there is something very pleasing to the stories that where it's like it's a commune story and it does not go to the cult place but in the back of your mind the whole time you're like oh boy it could happen <laughs> yeah in just a minute here just a minute <laughs> it's funny because i've been that's kind of what i've been reading recently it's not necessarily commune but um all of these survival classics from our childhood i finally actually did it yeah and uh went back and i've I, i'm i read island of the blue dolphins by scott odell and then the sequel which i didn't even know there was one called zia which <laughs> is about her the um karana's niece who's heard that she exists and really wants to go out to the island and she's working in the oh. missions and it's actually about how the indigenous people were enslaved by the people of the mission and it's all about them actually striking for for more rights hell yeah so that's a really interesting sort of <laughs> thing at the bottom of of island of the blue dolphins and and scott odell is that these they're they're sort of like stealth land back and social principles which is amazing and yeah. then my side of the mountain by gene craighead george and then the sequel the far side of the mountain which i also had never read and there, there's actually a third book in the series that i haven't tracked down yet uh called frightful's mountain which is the hawk uh-huh oh, and then there's fun. two children's books which are like unofficial four and five which follow frightful's children <laughs> um and i've been loving that and then of course i've I'm, i've read the first three of the hatchet series hatchet nice. the river and then brian's return brian's winter and now i'm on the the list for brian's return and we'll see but i now i want to know <laughs> what everybody thinks about my idea if karana sam gribbley and brian robeson were gonna fight oh man <laughs> who would win and i think the truth is karana and sam gribbley would form an alliance because they were very much about like living with the land mm -hmm. and choosing the wilderness life well brian robeson he's on he's fighting he's fighting for his life you yeah, know, he's got a hatchet. He's carving out his space in the world. Um, but you know, he does like the first one of the first sources of food in Hatchet is these um turtle eggs. And he just eats all of them. As soon yeah. as he finds them, he like, right. wipes oh out God. that family. <laughs> and it just makes me think like Sam Gribbley and Karana would both be so mad at him. And so right. I think Brian would give up and go back to the city, and Karana and Sam Gribbley would form some sort of like trade route 
between well, yeah, right. between is the mountain like, and the island. Is this a Hunger Games thing where like none of them can get out? Because I can also say like similarly, Brian's the first one to go, regardless yeah. of how it happens. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah, I, I think Karana probably wins. Yeah, I think so. You know, I've got a book to add to your um, children oh. in wilderness danger that okay. I haven't, I have not looked at it in years, but I think about it surprisingly often. It's called Lost on a Mountain in Maine. Okay. By a guy named Don Fendler. Uh, it's apparently based on a true story. It was like my, one of my dad's favorite books when he was a kid and I read it. And it, it was a like more harrowing, truer version of Hatchet, basically. It's like this kid gets lost on a mountain in Maine and has to survive on his own. Mm. Um, I think they're making a movie out of it. Because wow. I guess, I don't know, they're beating Hatchet to the punch or something. Is there a Hatchet movie? I think there are some, ha- there's some Hatchet movies, I'm pretty sure. And I think there's some Island of the Blue Dolphins movies as well. Yeah. I am loving them. I love just like the 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 simple details of just how to live and man versus himself in that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of strange. I do want to know. I, there's and people who are versed in the genre. If you do know, please get in touch. But I'm curious, like, what are the real recent ones? Like, there this is yeah. there has to be survival novels still coming out. I feel like the the genre can't be dead. Right. So I'm curious who's writing them and. And I couldn't really, I did a very cursory Google search and didn't really find anything. You know, I found like the the Libba Bray novel, Beauty Queens, uh, mm-hmm. which is about sort of sort of uh, Lord of the Flies-esque, yeah. but with it, um, obviously people's heading to a, a beauty contest. Well, there it's like, um, I feel like if there aren't, too many now there are about to be because of how popular yellow jackets has been oh yeah the uh the television show about mm-hmm. that sort of like lost-esque yeah yeah lost-esque lost meets lord of the flies but with a, what is it a girls soccer team lacrosse team yeah they a sports school team. sporting team yeah i haven't watched it myself that's been my reading project has been reading all of these and Sarah's really giving me side eye, like, what? what are you doing? <laughs> it's just like, look, I'm learning. It, it's all it's all going bad. It's <laughs> Brian's teaching me some things. Yeah. Um, oh man, that's gonna be fun. When you just you grow your beard out again, but this time it's sort of more it's for survival. To keep things in so I can make it into a pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you undertaken any reading projects of late? Mm. That's interesting. I suppose, uh, yes, in that I have been pretty immersed in reading for the new season of Voyage into Genre. And so I've been like, every time I go to pick up something else, I both want to and also feel obligated to like, ah, but I should read the next thing on my list for that show. Um, And... So that's kind of, I mean, there is something fun about that and there is something sort of project centric or, or thematically like it feels like a, a capsule to me in the same way of like, oh, I'm going to go read seven John le Carre books or I'm going to read children survivalist books. Mm. 
Tell everyone about the podcast if, if they're not familiar. What, what is Voyage into Genre and what's animating you for this season coming up? So last year, um, through just like a series of absolute coincidences, the publicity team at Tor Books and I got to talking about like doing something more sort of in-house for them, like a, a test run of a show that would be six episodes um, with a little bit of the like my old public forum animating spirit to it of trying to bring both interrogating genre, but then also bringing outside voices to reflect on genre tropes. To my great and pleasant surprise, um, they wanted to do it again. And so we're doing a second round of it, but it's going to be six or seven episodes, probably two authors a piece, somehow thematically linked from like the current-ish tour front list, um, like the 2022 front list. And then at the end of each episode, there's a little, I don't know, I keep calling it in my head the moment of zen, like old school <laughs> daily show. Um, yep. But like a little outro from somebody who's not a tour author, who might not even be an author at all, reflecting on whatever the thing that we were just doing or just talking about. Um, so by way of example, the first episode, which comes out tomorrow, Wednesday the 27th, has Sarah Gailey and their new book, Just Like Home, T. Kingfisher and her new book, What Moves the Dead, both of which are kind of haunted house books. Mm. And then I took a real shot in the dark and ended up talking to the like VP of operations for Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia, which East Coast people, haunted house people, Philadelphian people will know is one of the most famous haunted house attractions in the country. Um, and so I talked to him about like, why do people keep coming back to Eastern State? Like I went to Eastern State as a kid and it absolutely terrified me. And also I hold a dear love for it. Mm. Um, so it's that kind of thing. It's, the, it's like not just the reading, it's also thinking about like, okay, where can I find a pairing? And then what's the weird curveball that I can also throw into that pairing at the end of the episode? That sounds really fun. I was talking to my old boss from the public a couple of days ago for the first time in I don't know, probably a year or so. And we were reflecting on like how fun that particular thing was that we were never able to really explain to people, um, audiences, our bosses, anyone of like, yeah, what's the weird, cool thing that you're not, that's not immediately going to make sense or that's going to seem surprising to you that can draw you in. And I, I, I do miss that about that job. And this, scratches that itch in a nice way. Awesome. You've been working at this bookstore for a while now. Yeah. I'd love to hear some bookstore stories if you have any. Oh man, it's so fun. And I mean, you know that you've done it. Like it is, there are the frustrations, of course, but it's, you know, like, okay, here's a good one. The other day, uh, a young a young girl child of probably 11 or so comes up to the register and is like do you have the second book in the like Lee Bardugo the original Grisha trilogy and i looked in the system and i was like we don't but i think we have some other grisha verse books so we head to the back um and she's like and this is the kind of thing i like and so i'm like 
grabbing a couple things and I grabbed six of crows, which you and I read and discussed. Um, and I was like, listen, this one, like we don't have the second book of the trip, but this is another book in the universe. It's really fun. It's really exciting. She turns around and she looks at her mom and is like, I think I'm not allowed to read this one yet. And was really like <laughs> questioning. And the mom was like, looks at me and is sort of like, I don't know. I heard it was like scarier. And I just, I'm not sure if she's ready for it or whatever. And I'm sort of like talking to the mom, but also have my eye on the kid. And I was like, look, I read the Grisha books. I read these. I would say that they are, they are equivalent. Like, yeah, this one's about a heist. So it's a little bit more morally gray, but it's, you know, it, it's, I would say it's equivalent. I think if she's read the first, like cats out of the bag there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the mom is like, all right, you can get it. Um, and the mom goes upstairs with like the younger sibling and the child turns to me and she's like, but it is, it is darker and more intense, right? And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah. And she, and she gave me like this huge double thumbs up and I was just like, yes, I've done good work today. Um, That's great. Yeah, That's- I mean, it's the joy of, of put, like I've hand sold so much Golden Compass to kids who weirdly have never heard of it, even though like the TV show is out there and the movie and like that it's so fun to push these books that I loved or to see somebody light up at a new recommendation for kids and also for adults. Like it's so fun when somebody comes in and you hear them talking about something and you're like, Oh, I really like that book. And they're like, yeah, I'm looking for the thing that's like this. And you're like, okay, right. You start triangulating. It's like that meme with the woman in the math. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you're like, this book is just, there's nothing like it. I mean, you know, it's what we did on the show, you know, but now I get to do it. Now I get to do it in person with strangers. I was always worried about that thing where when you uh, sit down with someone to watch a movie that you saw like 10 years ago and you're like, this is great. And you're Mm -hmm. sitting there and just being, and 20 minutes have gone by and you're like, okay, all right. I was in a different (laughs) mood and place. (laughs) And I do not think that this is the high work of art that I hyped this as. And so it's only often when you're actually holding the book in your hand and you're standing across from them and like about to hand it to them that you realize, oh, you know what though? (laughs) I don't know. I gave this author so much leash to go crazy because of something that was going on in my life i'll never forget recommending the end of mr y by scarlett thomas to someone Mm -hmm. and then they came back like a week later and later and was like this book is the stupidest thing i have ever read (laughs) um and they were mad because there's a lot of homeopathy in that book and they're like homeopathy so dumb and i was just yeah. like no but that book's like what if it wasn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that is such a wild thing like people you don't realize until you start to get into it that like people bring their own weird shit to the conversation i have yet you could to have, have never anybody known. right no one's coming I've, in after you, like, throwing the book down, like, Drew, this was well, a Drew's pick. Part of it is that, like, I'm, I'm still new enough at the store that I'm, like, skating under the radar a little bit. Uh, okay. But there have been people who have come in and who are like, I usually come in on Thursdays or whatever. But the last few picks that this person gave, I just, it didn't work <laughs> for me. Or, like, that sort of thing where I'm like, okay, pressure's on. Wow. Um. I had a woman, she was like, I just like really 
just exceptionally good prose and story. And she's like saying all of these things. And I was like, oh, I have the book for you. It's Constellation of Vital Phenomena by Anthony Marr. It's going to be perfect. And I was talking about it. I was like, the prose is like just this like drinking ice water. It's so crystal clear and it's beautiful. And it's refreshing. She looks me dead in the eye and goes, you're going to have to do better than that. And I was like, <laughs> uh, uh. She, end, she did end up buying the book and she did end up loving the book. But it was that moment where I was just like, fuck, what do I do? Like, okay, I don't, that was my good thing about. Um. <laughs> You're going to get, wow. So this is a, this is a real reader who's just like, yeah, hit me with another simile. It was, it was all right. Yeah. And it's like, look, I'm sorry. I'm not workshopping these when I'm behind the register with nothing else to do. <laughs> You need to be keeping a, a little list of like ways to describe prose. Yeah, crack open a new field notes and with little tabs of like prose, characters, dialogue, and just yeah, mad just a little bit. I mean, that is apparently how Rivers Cuomo is writing songs right now. He, if he comes up with a good line in his head, he counts out the syllables and puts it into a spreadsheet. And so when he's pulling and needs a new lyric, and he's like, ah, this needs 10 syllables here. He can pull down to his spreadsheet of weird lines that are 10 syllables long. So you could be doing that, but with book recommendations. I both love and hate that. <laughs> I am I'm very jealous. I love working at a bookstore. It was a fantastic job. Um, and I am glad that you're getting to boots on the ground, see how awesome it is. Baby, when I buy it, come on up. Come, <laughs> we'll start our commune and we'll all work at the bookstore. Yeah, I I feel like by the time the communes rise, I'm not sure the bookstore will last, but something, there'll be something. Yeah, listen, there are a lot of currently printed books that we can salvage from libraries, rich people's homes after the overthrow of capitalism. Right, the people that um, hired the Strand and got books by the foot for their... Yep. Second against the wall, those people. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, and on that, uh, yeah. do you want to talk about recommendations? Do you want to recommend something to the good people? Um, sure. Will you give Will you give me three? Will you let me do three? Sure. You can, you can do three. The first one is just like a fun, uh, witchy summer read, and it's called The Change by Kirsten Miller sort of like picked the galley up at work, wasn't really thinking about it, saw that it had something to do with witches. It's, um, kind of Witches of Eastwick E meets Big Little Lies, which I think that's actually on the back cover. That's not from <laughs> You me. didn't make that up. No. Um, but it's like three women who hit menopause and sort of develop some witchy powers uh, in a town that looks very much like Montauk dealing with predatory men. And it's just like, it's fantastic sort of, not quite revenge fantasy, but there is something very satisfying to the way it all plays out while also being just like a very beachy, beachy beach read. Um, the next book is a pre-order. It's coming out in October. It's called Singer Distance by Ethan Chatagnier. Um, it is about, it's set like in the 60s. Some MIT students uh, figure out how to communicate with a civilization on Mars. Mm. is sort of the like capsule thing um it's a bit larger like the martians and the america or the uh humans i guess have been trading messages but they're like at the speed of the space race in the 50s and 60s so like very things were very slow 
Um, but it's just, it's his debut novel. It's absolutely incredible. It warmed my heart. It made me look at the stars differently. It's like the exact kind of hopeful novel that we need right now. And I don't say that lightly. Um, you in particular, I think you're going to love it. Um, wow. And I'm pointing at you, Christopher, but also you, the listener. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing is uh, the new film by Jordan Peele, Nope, which surprised the hell out of me. He made so many turns that I was not expecting. It is, to my mind, not as scary as Us, probably on par with how scary Get Out was. Um, but man, it's like summer blockbuster, fun, original, absolutely wild take on an alien invasion. It's really, really, really good. I am so excited to see it. I am, I'm very looking forward. I keep fighting with myself about how safe it is to go to a movie theater, but I think- It's easier I, in my little small town with a one screen cinema in an old church. Yeah, that's, uh, that makes for a different movie going experience for sure. Yeah. What about you? You got some recommendations? I have two. I have, I told you about this after I finished reading it because um, you were saying that straightforward literary fiction wasn't really working for you. Mm-hmm. So I was recommending hell of a book. Um, you know, it won some award. Uh, NBA, I think. <laughs> One of, whatever. One of it's, those. But sometimes <laughs> like I, I can feel allergic to those sometimes like I, for inexplicably. Um, yeah. But hell of a book. It's just sort of, it's fascinating because you're following a writer who has written a book and he's written it sort of in the grief of losing his parent. And so he doesn't remember the book, but it's Mm. the thing that's catapulting his life. And it's just all happening around. And there's these also a, a school shooting, but as he says, you know, there's, or it's not a school shooting. It's a, um, it's a police killing of a, of a kid. Mm. And there's always one. Yeah. And so like there, Oh, have you heard about this one? And he's always like, which one, which one? you know cuz there's always one and it's a it's there's so many little things it's a meta novel about novels it's also about the book industry it's also about grief and it's also all of that it's also really funny um as he reacts to the world around him and i don't think the book would work if it wasn't as funny as it is it's a great audiobook as well oh nice and then this isn't coming out for a long time but i think everyone should pre-order it it's a new kevin wilson now is not the time to panic it's about this, these two teenagers who make this piece of art that catches on like wildfire in a sort of satanic panic way. And it's incredible. So much fun. So just talk about some ice water, crystal clear prose. Yep. I would say that about Kevin Wilson. You're always so clear on his imagery. He's, he's not like purple in any way, which mm-hmm. is an amazing thing to do. I will second that recommendation. That book is lovely. Particularly for those of you who like Christopher in particular, and me, (laughs) I guess, love a fictional art project that feels totally real. Yeah, absolutely. So those are the recommendations. And of course, the recommendation is to make sure you're subscribed to Voyage Into Genre, your new show. Thanks, man. And check it out. I'm sure there's going to be awesome episodes coming out throughout the rest of this season. Yeah, we'll be running through into October, I think. And then you can also go ahead and uh, 
go to iTunes and rate two shows and give them five stars. Give Voyage and the Genre <laughs> five stars. Give So Many Damn Books five stars. You can also always go to patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB. Remember that if you're actually at the $5 level, I'm going to be sending stickers very soon. Everybody at the $5 level is going to get this cool new sticker. And that's all. Thanks for hanging out, Drew. It was so good to hang out with you again. Thanks for having me back, buddy. 